0: and welcome to the Dorky Diva Show. I'm your host, Savannah Kiefer, and thanks for joining me for the November episode of this podcast. I can't believe it's already been a little over a month since I recorded my first episode with Ashley Eckstein, but I'm really happy that it's November now because, first of all, it means I'll be stuffing my face with Thanksgiving food really soon, and it means that we're only a month away from Rogue One. Super, super exciting. I had the pleasure of chatting with someone today who shines a really bright light of positivity in the Star Wars fan community, so let's jump into that interview now. So today I'm joined by somebody in the Star Wars fan community that I really admire, and she is the one and only Amy Ratcliffe, so welcome to the show, Amy.
1: Oh, thank you for having me. It's it's nice to talk to you. I think it's been, it's been a while.
0: It has been a while. I don't think I saw you for very long at Celebration Europe. I may have That's spotted why I was... you... Like, across the convention floor, but I don't think we actually got to talk a lot.
1: No, I don't think we did. No, Actually, I'm trying to think if we even got to say hi. Yeah,
0: I think we may have seen each other during the Ahsoka Lives Day um, meetup, but that was, like, two seconds, and that was crazy. So I don't even think we got to talk, which is a shame, but I'm glad I'm talking to you now.
1: Same here.
0: I feel like I get to talk to you all the time because I listen to Lattes with Leia every month, um, and I feel like oh, that's such you. a warm, like inviting podcast that I feel like I'm actually sitting there with you and uh whenever I'm listening to it, which is pretty cool.
1: That's so nice to hear because that's what we really want with that show is just like that's a conversation we'd be having anyway. So it's like let's just record it and then hopefully people feel like they're hanging out with us drinking.
0: Yeah, it, it's so funny. Because people assume that since I have a Star Wars podcast and since I'm active in the Star Wars fan community, they assume that I listen to a lot of podcasts and I actually truthfully only listen to Lattes with Leia. So that's saying a lot if I listen to your show because I'm so busy and I usually don't have the attention span to actually sit down and listen to a podcast, but I just love that show, and it's so relaxed, and you guys talk about so many cool topics that it's easy to listen to. Um, It's not just like a news podcast. You guys talk about really interesting topics, so that one is definitely up there on my favorites list, so if anybody out there hasn't listened to Lattes with Leia, it's pretty great.
1: Ah, thank you, and I'm going to pass that on to Drea. She'll be happy to hear it.
0: Oh, I would love that. So... I just want to jump into um, how you became a Star Wars fan, because I think you got involved because of the Clone Wars, right?
1: Yeah, basically. I was, uh, I like to say, I was a late bloomer, and I didn't even see a Star Wars movie. I didn't see A New Hope until I was in high school when it was re-released, so what, 96, 97 or so? And I saw the original trilogy then, all in theaters, the special editions, and then I saw the prequels, and I liked them. Like, I was into it. But for some reason, it was seeing the Clone Wars, gosh, what, many years later, I guess, by the time I first seen Star Wars, almost 10 years later, or a little over 10 years. Something about that world and seeing more of that era, because I liked, one thing I really liked about the prequels when I saw them the first time was just seeing the, the number of Jedi, kind of what the galaxy was like before the Empire came and how that operated. And the Clone Wars took that idea, expanded on it grew that universe in that time period and added a character who I came to love in Ahsoka. And I just kept finding so many things about the Clone Wars, like with Anakin and and Anakin and Obi-Wan's relationship and seeing what Yoda was like, I, that's the, it got me curious and got me invested, I guess, or reinvested. And that's kind of when I fell into like an obsession and more of a, like the big fandom that I have now.
0: That's exactly how I became a fan because I grew up in a household where the Star Wars movies were played pretty much on a daily basis. And I have a brother who's two years older than me and he loved the movies, but I didn't become a fan until I saw the Clone Wars television series. I didn't even see the movie. I had just seen the TV series and it was like season two when I really got sucked in because there were so many new characters. And I thought Cad Bane was really cool. Yeah. So I love it when I hear that people got into Star Wars because of the Clone Wars. Because I know there's a lot of the younger generation of fans that became Star Wars fans because that would come on TV and they would see it, like Saturday morning cartoons, they would watch the Clone Wars. But it's rare, I feel like, to hear of somebody that's, you know, more of my age or your age that gets into Star Wars because of the Clone Wars. But I love it because I think the Clone Wars has so many different and unique characters in it that there's something everybody can relate to. And I like that you became a Star Wars fan because of that.
1: I agree. And I think you're right in that most of the time when I ask people their Star Wars origin stories, it's I saw it in the theater when I was, you know, whatever age I was in 77 and it stuck with me. And I'm like, sometimes I'm like, I wish I had that. I wish I could have done that. I was uh, young then, but (laughs) I kind of like my way of coming into it. And i like having like, Clone Wars is my Star Wars, and I have six seasons of it to go back and revisit. And like you said, it's not just even with Ahsoka and Heroes. You get characters like Ventress. There's a broad range in the Bounty Hunters. Uh, I care more about the Bounty Hunters in Clone Wars than any any of them I've met, uh, with the exception of Zam Wessel and uh, the films. And it's just endless material to mine and, and adds so much to the Star Wars lore and... I was just talking to somebody the other day, like, nerding out about the Illum Arc. I'm like, I'm like, we gotta see, like, younglings go and, like, learn how to make their lightsabers. Like, thank you, Clone Wars.
0: And there's just so much, uh, like, diversity within the Clone Wars. There's just so many different types of characters. And that's what I like about Rebels now, too, since we're in Season 3. We're seeing a lot more characters and seeing a lot more of the backstory of, like, the ghost crew. And it makes me wonder if there's any people that are kind of getting into Star Wars because of Rebels. And I haven't really met anybody yet that became a fan because of Rebels, but I feel like the odds are high for that just because of how Clone Wars impacted people.
1: I agree, and I especially think that's going to be the case with with kids. I, I'm sure that Rebels is the first Star Wars for some kids. In fact, I had a random, I had like an apartment inspection recently from the city and the apartment guy like I have my toys everywhere and I have all my infinity figures which include all the rebels ones and the guy that came from my property manager with the inspector was talking to me he's like oh my kids love rebels and started kind of discussing like how they have a ritual of watching it together and I'm like "Aw,
0: I could be best friends with your kids (laughs) I know what I was
1: thinking I'm like because people come in there like are all these yours and I'm like yep yeah yeah I don't have their yes all mine all my toys (laughs)
0: I'm the same way. I have a whole shelf of Clone Trooper helmets and Clone Trooper sideshows and all the different toys, and I collect some of the Infinities. I need to catch up on that since they're on sale now.
1: Um, oh, yeah.
0: But I know you also collect Disney Tsum Tsums, right?
1: Yes. And
0: now they have Star Wars ones. And they have a amazing.
1: lot. I love their most recent Star Wars Tsum, Tsum release was Attack of the Clones. So I'm like, wait, like... I get to have a little tiny Plocoon and a little Ayla Sakura. I'm like, come on.
0: Those are pretty <laughs> cute. I haven't picked those up yet, but I like the little Django a lot. And I love, I love Plo Koon, so I need to get him too. But you found a really cool shelf to display your Tsum Tsums on. And I've had so many people ask me, like, how do I display my Tsum Tsums? But I just set them on a shelf. But you found, like, this really cool round um, thing that you, like, hang on the wall. Where did you get that from?
1: From Target, you know, I don't know if you ever see Travis the Gram on Twitter or Instagram, oh, yeah. but he, yeah, he inspired me because he had one. I'm like, where? And it's at Target. It's still available on store, uh, online and in stores. And it's called the Pillow Fort Circle Shelf. And I think, I, don't, I you know, I don't know if they s- assumes existed, but as far as I'm concerned, that's what the shelf was designed for because it displays – Tsum Tsum's perfectly.
0: Yeah, and I've admired the way, like I've seen your pictures of how you have the Disney Infinity figure displayed, and I like that because some people just end up buying stuff and they end up keeping it in their closet or they keep it in a box, but I love displaying my collection and yours looks so nice and everything's like all organized and I just love it.
1: Thank you. It's something I constantly like. I spend a lot of time on Pinterest because I, I I do open my toys and I want the people I want them to be displayed as nicely as possible. And only recently have I realized there's other ways to do it than just putting them on a shelf, which still looks good. But I've started to like do you know my infinity figures. I didn't want to just have them. I wanted to have them so you could see all of the figures because they're beautiful sculpts. So yeah, I'm constantly looking for ways to change up my displays or or add things to the walls so I can have more room on my shelves for toys yeah,
0: for more toys
1: <laughs> it's ultimately all about that like one displaying the toys two, making more space so I can have as many toys as possible because I'm just going to keep buying them
0: <laughs> so since you're a Star Wars fan and I know you're into a lot of different fandoms but it seems like to me Star Wars is one of the primary ones that you love what does Star Wars mean to you and what how has it impacted your life since you became a fan
1: Um, You know, one way it's impacted my life for sure is in my career. It's just bananas to me sometimes that I get to write about Star Wars uh, and get paid for it. That's still like, so I can barely say that. I'm like, how does, I don't know how this happened. (laughs) And it's impacted me like Star Wars. You know sometimes people talk about fiction and when you get passionate about fiction online they'll dismiss you and be like you know it's just a story you know it's it's not fiction is so much more it's a reflection of our world and we really we learn from it i mean we we tell each other stories and we have our parents read stories to us from such a young age that it's just part of who we are and star wars has such meaningful stories to draw upon. I mean, something that has always spoken to me about Star Wars and is so relevant right now and very much the top of the mind with Rogue One coming out, is it's about hope and it's about how even a little group, little ragtag group, if they have a plan and have a goal, they can fight back. And, you know, in our case, they they won and then the galaxy kind of reset and and there's problems again. But it's not even always about winning. It's just that you have the optimism to move forward and think that you can win and think that you can make a difference. And that's always been a strong message from Star Wars for me. And, but there's always so, there's like so many other things. Like I just think about like in the storytelling from, I mean, lines from Qui-Gon and Yoda. And I kind of love that Star Wars has so many like teachable moments among its you know, humor and lightsaber duels, there's, there's a lot to learn.
0: And there's so many, like I said, there's so many different characters that have backgrounds we can relate to. And I've noticed, you know, you're a big Ahsoka fan. And when Ahsoka was debuted in the Clone Wars, I honestly wasn't a big fan of her right away. But as she grew up and as she matured and kind of as I grew up with her, I found myself relating to her so much. And that's one thing that I really like about Star Wars is no matter where you're going in life and no matter what's happening to you, there's always somebody there that you can relate to in Star Wars. And I think that's really awesome. And I know Ahsoka must mean a lot to you because you helped organize um, the very first Ahsoka Lives Day at Celebration. So can you talk a little bit about why you decided to help organize that and sort of like what Ahsoka means
1: to you? Absolutely, and I was very similar to you in that when she first showed up, I'm like, you're just, I'm like, you're young and kind of annoying. (laughs) And a little bratty, like, I'm like, how long are you gonna? But she grew up and I was like, well, when I was younger, I was probably pretty bratty. So, <laughs> all right. Um, but when she came back in Star Wars Rebels, there became a point towards the end of season one where I'm like, Falkrum has to be Ahsoka. Like, it, that would be such, like, just tie everything together and it would it would just be great for the story, but you don't really, like, it's one of those things where, like, it has to be this way, but I'm not really going to let myself believe it because I don't want to be disappointed. <laughs> So when she showed up in the finale <clears throat> excuse me, when she took those steps down the ladder, I I lost it. I I don't know how hard I hit the person I was watching it with. Aww. but it, it was pretty hard and I cried and it was and I could see people having that reaction uh, in my texts and all over Twitter and it was just kind of one of those moments like, yes, this character. Does mean so much to people, and I was thrilled to see. I don't know, like why I feel so like attached and protected to her. But I'm like, I was just so happy to see people like supportive of this character. I'm like, look, yeah, see, people love her. Like she's the best.
0: She's sort of the underdog because not very many people liked her at the beginning, and now it seems like everybody loves Ahsoka. I don't care who you are, I've not You're talked right? to anybody who doesn't like Ahsoka now.
1: Yeah, she's she's become very beloved and. So to kind of celebrate that, and also to, I think, kind of help show Lucasfilm, like, there's a huge contingent of fandom that cares. I worked with uh, Jonah Marie to create Ahsoka's Day for, what was that celebration, Anaheim. And we just wanted to have something to kind of mark the occasion and, and to celebrate, like, hey, Ahsoka's back. Like, the end of season five of Clone Wars all those years ago wasn't the end. So it was a delight to to work with her to put that together. She made buttons. Uh, we ended up, like, we started it, and we told Ashley and Lucasfilm about it just as, like, this isn't official, but we just wanted you guys to, to know we're doing this. Like, let us know, like, I guess, kind of just to make sure there weren't going to be any issues. And, of course not. Like, they jumped on board and supported it and were delightful and Lucasfilm, arranged for or maybe David Ashley came up with the idea they they surprised everybody by showing up uh at Ahsoka Lives Day and Luke, Lucasfilm had a photographer there and a, or a videographer and there's footage on the season the season one blu-ray oh that's so sweet of, yeah so just to I was just kind of to show people like we are actually really excited she's back like thank you Lucasfilm thank you Dave Filoni for making this happen like, we really value her. And not that you wrote it for a fan. I don't really think they do things to indulge fans. I think they do things that make sense for the story. But it was just felt nice to be like, thank you. Like, we're, we love this character. We're celebrating her. And we couldn't do it if you wouldn't have brought her back.
0: And then now you have a little kitty named Ahsoka.
1: I do. And she is... Oh, she is, I think, like Ahsoka in that one. She's still pretty young. She's six months and some change, and she's she's a little bratty. Uh, but but not really. I mean, she's really the greatest cat. She's, oh, she's so snuggly.
0: She kind of looks like Ahsoka to me, too. When you first posted a picture of her online, her ears somehow... There's something about her face or her ears that re- resemble Ahsoka to me, and I was like, that's really funny, because I've never seen a cat that looks like... <laughs> Ahsoka before.
1: I think the markings on her forehead to me, but of course, like, I'm looking for it. Like, I feel it looks like a little, like, Ahsoka's markings.
0: That's pretty cool,
1: though. But I really want to... We discovered, you know, after she got spayed that we put a sweater on her for a little while because she was licking her stitches, Aww. and once we got it on, like, she was okay with it. So I'm like, hmm. She, if sweater. she ta- That's what I was thinking. I'm like, Ahsoka sweater... Like I wonder, is there a way to get her to wear how one? How would I make a tiny set of headtails? And <laughs> two, could I get her to wear it for like longer than two minutes? It
0: can be done, and all you really need is photographic evidence. So as long as you get that quick picture, that's all you really need.
1: <laughs> Let's see. It makes me think of. There's this video that went around Facebook that cracked me up. That was like this girl like telling a guy, like, I don't have time to go out with you. And the video is her, like, setting up this elaborate backdrop and costume for her cat and spending, like, <laughs> oh, what yeah. looks like all day. Yeah, and I'm like, uh-huh. I've seen
0: that, yeah. And it's like, I've got better things to do. I'm playing with my cat.
1: <laughs> I dress up with my cat.
0: Yep, if I had a pet, that would definitely be my life. <laughs> I try to steal other people's pets. I, I make friends with people who have dogs or cats so I can go visit them and play with their animals. <laughs>
1: That's what I really like to do with dogs because I, I don't think I'm responsible enough to be a dog owner because they require a lot of work. So but if I can enjoy somebody else's dog for a little while. Yeah. Uh, that's an ideal situation. It's but all cats are pretty, Yeah. <laughs> but that's why I keep wondering if Ahsoka with having her name, I've had a handful of podcasts recently, like with the Ahsoka novel coming out where I just say the name a lot and she's usually around oh. like, What? Did you Aww. did you need me? <laughs> She's like, I'm so confused. Not, not you. Not you, Ahsoka. Sorry. Oh, that's funny.
0: So you mentioned a little bit about what you get to do for work. And for those of the listeners that don't know, can you talk a bit about the different outlets that you get to write for and sort of what you do with those different outlets?
1: Absolutely. I, you know, I... An entertainment reporter. Like sometimes I feel weird about using the word journalist. It's always a weird like what what, what word to use because I didn't go to school for journalism. This was a career that I kind of just like. I've always liked writing, and this is just me. Like I found a little corner like that. I could felt like I found my voice in and 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 just kind of grew it. And so I write for StarWars.com. I write about fandom for them. They let me do some fun listicles which i know people don't always love but i try to do like and like i do some fun ones but i also try to do some that are loaded with information so it's not like the buzzfeed like which i don't have anything against but it's not just a buzzfeed like a picture and a, a sentence caption right, it's
0: not just like empty content
1: right even though like i said i do enjoy those especially as a good like distraction like fun reading but no i try to actually pack them with information or But sometimes they're silly. Like, I had one coming up about, like, a silly, like, when, like, Dooku was all of us. Because, like, he was just trying (laughs) to be a good employee. So, and then sometimes I'm trying, I just started, I don't know when the first post is going to go up. But I started a new series called, a new column called Creature Feature. Where I'm going to start with the live action ones first. Or CGI ones. And pick a creature. Like, a Wampa. I did one on the Bractyl and just kind of detail, like, here's some places where it's showed up in canon. Here's some facts about making it. It's just kind of little random tidbits that mix in-universe and behind-the-scenes information. That's
0: really cool.
1: Yeah, thank you. I'm really excited about it. So my first one, I think, is the Wampa. And it should be going up soon. And those, those will be up every week on StarWars.com. And uh, it's given me an excuse to, to read, like, all the Sculpting the Galaxy books and the Sounds oh, of the yeah. Galaxy. I love all those. Yeah, me too. So I get to do a variety of stuff for them, and I really, I really enjoy working for StarWars.com, and I think it's super cool that they work with fans to get content for their blog. And I contribute to Nerdist.com as well. I really, um, for them. I mostly cover a lot of television. I do a daily recap of television news, kind of around from around the web. I review some TV shows for them, like Star Wars Rebels and Supernatural, and I just kind of do random. Um, I just did a couple things about catalyst for them. So I still write for star Wars about for them as well, but it's a little bit of everything, I guess. And it lets me like, it gives me a place to talk. I mean, I love star Wars, but it gives me a place to write about things that are not star Wars, like Harry, like Harry Potter or Disney. And where else? Um, I write for DC Comics.com. right now. I cover Supergirl for them. The, the, sh- Yeah, I I just think that show is so much fun. And it's a delight because I don't have to, like, recap or review it. Obviously, a review of a DC show and a DC Comics vlog wouldn't really be. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But I could just kind of talk, like, pick out an element of each episode and usually talk about themes, or sometimes I'll talk about connections to the comics. So it's a good... it's, It's fun. I enjoy doing that every week. And I cover some comic stuff for them sometimes. And those are kind of the three major places um I write for cosplay about cosplay for a site called Adafruit that sells uh, a lot of electronics and so the cosplay angle is just to emphasize the maker community aspect of it and oh, that's yeah it's fun and they also do like they have a section we that I've helped like we've targeted to grow as they offer like a lot of leds and boards, so it's about kind of incorporating that stuff with your costume and they're they're a good resource aside from the fact that i freelance but they are a good resource to get those kind of things for your costumes i'm
0: gonna have to check that out because i've been needing some leds for my sabine wren costume because i want to put leds in the blasters and then she's got that light up compad you know so i've been trying to look into like how to do that because i don't know how to do anything with electronics but i'm like oh I might need to use
1: that. Yes, I will send you a link, and I'll send you a link to their tutorial section um, from, like, user-submitted stuff. They're really cool. So, yeah, those are the main places, and I pick up the odd job. I've done, like, uh, writing, like, marketing, like, copy for various places before, or, like, game content. So, it's always a mix, but those are the consistent places, I guess, I write for.
0: And you also get to do stuff for Star Wars Insider, correct?
1: oh yes them too
0: and that's every time I open up the insider I see your name and I'm just like oh my gosh this is amazing I want her life
1: yeah that one still it's it's never I don't know it's always cool to see your name in print it's just different than seeing it online so I always get excited when I get my insider like and I page to the contributor section or that little blurb by the editor's note and I'm like that's me that's I'm like, awesome. how does, how does this happen? And I do It's, it's funny, because I try to do I do the launch pad for them, which is news and doing news in a magazine that only comes out like once every 45 days, roughly, is a challenge because news on the internet's on immediately. So I try to mix it up with like news, like I'll probably put the Amelia Clark thing in the next one, even though everybody will have mostly known about it. But I try to do evergreen stuff to like with fans uh sometimes i just show off fan creations or i'll talk about i try to do a section i don't know if it always makes it in about where you can see or hear like character or actors from star wars you already know so you can kind of keep an eye out for you know because i always don't i forget until theater comes like a movie comes out and i'm like oh i didn't know Lepido Nyongo was in uh, was a queen of Kaway. oh yeah yeah. So yeah, so I tried to, I tried to do that section.
0: I've been going to Disney World since I was a little girl and I was recently there and I thought I was like, "Wow, this monorail voice sounds a lot like Tom Kane." And then I saw Tom Kane not too shortly afterwards, and I was like, hey, I have to ask you a question. Is that you on the monorail? (laughs) And he goes, yep, that's me. And I'm like, perfect, because that was driving me crazy, and I thought it was you, but I wasn't sure. So now every time I ride the monorail, I'm like, oh, that's actually Yoda. It's Yoda. And he's telling everybody to steer clear of the doors. But, yeah, I think that's pretty cool when you can spot people from Star Wars in different places, especially the voice actors, because they're kind of everywhere now.
1: I know, I love hearing um once in a while it's gonna sound like humble brag, I don't mean it that way. I was it's just once in a while I have a very generous friend who will take me to Club thirty three and the vulture in there is Steven Stanton. Oh, that's cool. So when I so once in a while like and it usually scares me because the vulture is like kind of in a corner. And I'll talk, and I'll be like, what? Oh, I'm like, oh, it's Steven Stanton. Yeah,
0: that's just Tarkin. No big deal.
1: No big deal.
0: That's pretty awesome. I'm a huge Disney fan, as you probably know. So yes, going to Club I like 33 that. is, like, on my bucket list.
1: It's one of those things, like, I never thought would happen. Um, but, yeah, I'm just, like, lucky to have a generous friend. But I, I do like when I look at your Instagram or your Twitter, like, compared to mine. I think, like, you go to Disney. Because I, I almost go to Disney almost every weekend.
0: I go a lot. <laughs>
1: and you go a lot, too. So i like, yep.
0: Yeah, I've been going. So I live right now, I live about three hours from Disney, um, but I'm an annual pass holder. So if I don't have anything going on during the weekends, I drive down to Disney. And, you know, Nancy and Brian live super close to Disney. And I'm like, right. hey, I call them. I'm like, hey, can I come crash at Tashi Station's place tonight? And they're like, sure. So oh, I end up getting to go a lot because I'm fortunate to know them. And they live so close, which is really nice of them. But Disney's like the ultimate happy place. It's It's like therapy. It's amazing.
1: I agree. Even if, you know, when I go sometimes it's just for a few hours to get some food and walk arounds and even if I don't always ride everything, it's just like you said it's just kind of like a it's, it's very like a visit. relaxing. Yeah, it's like my like my version of going to the spa, kind exactly.
0: of. Exactly. Yeah, people don't really understand that and that's what I love about Disney is like for me just walking down Main Street with a cup of coffee and just looking at the buildings and people watching is probably the most relaxing thing I can do. I don't like going to a spa. I don't like people touching me and I don't like getting my nails done. I'm not that kind of girl, but just walking down Main Street at Disney and seeing the castle is definitely my place to be. And you actually started um, an Instagram account for Disney food, which is really cool because that's my favorite part about Disney is the food.
1: Me too. And I kept taking all of these pictures of food. And then I'm like, well, like, I could put them on my Instagram account, but I don't want to just flood people. That's why I like I ended up making a separate account for Ahsoka too, because I'm like, I just don't want to flood them with pictures of cadets and Disney food. <laughs> I mean, maybe I would follow that account. So maybe I should have left it alone. But yeah, so I started Disney Nosh for pictures of all my Disney food and I diligently went back through like my, my archived photos and pulled out some to share. Like I got obsessed with it, but now it's just like any Instagram when it's not the one you use all the time. I have to remember to update it.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. I have friends that have separate accounts for their Disney profiles and I'm like, "Eh, I would consider doing that, but I would forget about it all the time. And I'm not so good at running two Instagram accounts at one time. So I just put everything on my current account and just get thrown in there.
1: It's easier that way, yeah. and I will say one of, one of my favorite things about doing the Disney Nosh Instagram is like I'll search the, ha- the Disney food hashtag more, mm-hmm. and I just keep finding more things. I'm like, oh, I didn't know that existed. Yeah. Like I need to so many things to try.
0: Yeah, you you've posted pictures of food that I guess they have at Disneyland that they don't have at Disney World, and it makes me really, really jealous because I want to try everything and some of the things they don't have here. So, I need to make a trip out there at some point and like try all the Disney food. And I also want to ride um, the Hyperspace Mountain because they don't have that here in Florida. They didn't change our Space Mountain over to Hyperspace Mountain. So, I Oh, that's right. Very jealous about that.
1: Yeah, well if you ever make it over, um, my place is probably a lot tinier than Tashi station, but <laughs> you're welcome to crash on my couch.
0: Well, thank you. And we'll have a, we'll have a big Disney day.
1: I would, oh my gosh, I would love that.
0: And eat lots of Disney food. Okay, so yes. going back to Star Wars, <laughs> going back to Star Wars, uh, you got to host a stage at Celebration Europe, and I forget what the name of the stage was, but can you talk about um, the different panels that you hosted there and what that in- entailed?
1: Sure. It's It was the behind-the-scenes stage, and it was really about kind of the behind-the-scenes of Star Wars and not so much... About uh, the films, though I think that might change once it's back in the states. I think just in Europe, there's a little little more issues getting more you know more of your workforce there. like I think Lucasfilm maybe doesn't have as many people go all the way to Europe as they would here in the states. So I talked to a lot of like r two d two builders or licensees like behind the scenes of uh, fantasy flight games or Hot Wheels. Uh, that actually ended up being one of my favorite panels. Was with Brian Benedict. He's a senior designer, I believe, is his title at Hot Wheels. And is such a passionate Star Wars fan. So talking to him about all the details and care he put into the, the character, not ships, the character uh, cars that have come out. It was so much fun, and that's not. It's not something I expected at all, because I was like, I don't collect Hot Wheels. What did this is so. And the thing I didn't, I did realize, but didn't fully realize until I got into it is preparation for that is very intense. Like I really wanted to make sure, you know, Mary Franklin, who works with Reed, just kind of encouraged me. She's like, this is your stage, like take ownership and do it, you know, do what you want with it. So I was very I really wanted to get to know my panelists ahead of time and kind of get an idea of what was going on so I could prepare as best as possible or I could find out what they wanted me to do because some panelists just wanted me to introduce them and they brought their own moderator. Um, but I would say I hosted, I don't know, like 75, 70, 75% of the panels on my stage. So it was, it was a lot of being in that room for the, the convention, which was definitely a different way to experience that I, I missed seeing I did still see cosplay from people who came to my stage. But I, I missed walking around and seeing costumes and people I know, but it did save me it did save me money because I didn't have as much time to shop.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and, and then me, now so they awful. they put those stinking Loth cats online and I'm like, crap, because I didn't get one of those when I was there. I had very limited luggage space and now the Lothcats are online, and I'm like, darn it, I was trying to avoid spending money on these.
1: Well, if it makes you – if it'll help, I think one of them – I think the brown one was sold out already. Oh, good.
0: Okay. That sort so, of helps. But if there's another one the... left, there's still another one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> True. So, oh, struggles. So that was one of the few things I ended up getting was a Lothcat. Because I'm like, I need this, and I didn't have luggage space. Like, And you were the same. Like, You had longer in Europe than I did, but I still had like almost – a week and a half in Europe left after celebration. And mm-hmm. I, my luggage got so full at one point that I got stuck in an overhead compartment and it took three flight attendants oh. to get it out.
0: Oh my gosh. And See, I,
1: I, I, I was so embarrassed.
0: <laughs> I had my little R2D2 carry-on uh, luggage and I brought, when I when I packed to go, my suitcase was pretty full because I had outfits for every day because I wasn't sure if we would be able to do laundry or if we would have time. And my trip was 18 days long. And oh, then wow. during the course of celebration, I bought 11 shirts and a pair oh. of shoes. And then when we went to go see the Harry Potter studio, I bought this massive hoodie. So poor R2 almost ripped at the seams. And people were like, oh, I can't believe you didn't get the Cat," And I'm like, uh... If you had seen my luggage space and all the stuff I had crammed in there, you would quickly understand why I could not get a lothcat.
1: <laughs> yeah, you would have had to carry it around all the time. Exactly,
0: I would have had <laughs> to like tie it to my neck or something.
1: <laughs> but yeah, but it's still, it's, it's really cute. But I had that challenge. I'm like, oh, I don't have I don't have space. But yeah. celebration was definitely a learning experience. I I've hosted, I've moderated some panels before and, and hosted some things, but that was. I'm not, I don't consider myself like, I'm not like, I don't know if personality is the right word. Like I'm not an entertainer. Maybe that's, that's the right word. So I don't know. I just try to be nice and I'm interested in people. So that helps. Uh, I think the hardest thing was I did the tattoo competition on my stage and I, I love tattoos. I had a great time, but it was like it was like that. that that's hosting because the contestants come up and showed off their tattoos, and I, you know, I would talk to them about it before they went over to the judges. And then while they were tallying votes, like I just talked to the judges. But it was like a lot of, I guess, being um, on if that makes sense, like for a long time in a way that I wasn't used to. So I feel like I, I made, I like, I stumbled some, but I think I learned, and I think I think it was okay.
0: Yeah, I'm sure it was. I didn't get to go any of your panels there, but I one thing I have seen that you did was um, after the season two finale, you hosted sort of a Q&A um, after Rebels, and you got to talk with like Ashley Eckstein, and I think Dave Filoni was there, and it it ended up on YouTube, so that's how I saw it, and I cannot imagine how hard that must have been for you to host that, because... As an Ahsoka fan, if I had hosted that, I would have been up there bawling my eyes out. And you had to somehow, like, pull yourself together and talk to these people about what had happened in that episode. Um, so, you – your hosting skills are on point, let's say. Because I would not be able to do that.
1: Oh, thank you. I don't know. I still don't know how I got through that. Because I hadn't – I got to see the first half of uh, – excuse me, the first half of the episode before. But not the second half. because that's was when just all the crazy stuff secret. happens. Yeah. So, I don't know – like to this day I'm like I don't know how I got through that coherently. <laughs> I just I actually no, I do know how it's cuz Dave talks. He gives uh, long answers. That's what saved me.
0: Yeah, he talks a lot, which is good. <laughs> so,
1: which is he, good.
0: He just runs around in circles too and it's like, come on Dave, just give us what we want to hear.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was that was a lot of fun, but I do I'm like I don't after that I'm like I don't know if I talked like in complete sentences, like I don't know. <laughs> it was kind of like out of body.
0: Yeah. So we're a little less than a month away from Rogue One and how do you feel about that? How do you feel about uh, this movie?
1: I'm so excited and I mean I'm always going to be excited about new Star Wars probably unless maybe it includes a Boba Fett movie and then I may not be. But um I feel I feel you. <laughs> <laughs> but I am more like I knew I was going to be excited about Rogue One but from the the time they released the first the first teaser, I think, which was in April maybe, that pushed on, like, I didn't know how excited I was going to be. I didn't know I was going to connect to the story so strongly and now I'm just, like, salivating. I can't, especially after reading Catalyst, like, I just can't wait.
0: What is your? I haven't read it, so no spoilers. But would you recommend Catalyst to people before they go see Rogue One, or is it not really necessary to do? What is? What are your opinions on Catalyst?
1: It's not required reading, but if you have a chance to read it for Rogue One, I would recommend it because it adds a lot of context to the relationship between Orson Krennic and Galen Erso, and also talks a lot about how, like how Galen Erso got. To the point where we see him in the trailer.
0: Okay, that's cool. So, and
1: I, I really enjoyed it.
0: That's good. Yeah, I've heard so many good things about it so far from the people that have read it. But I'm in the midst of like finals right now, and the end of the semester, so I don't think I'll be able to read it before. Yeah, I you see should Rogue One, but probably I'm,
1: prioritize finals. Yeah, yeah, I should
0: probably do that, and then and then I'll get to Catalyst because I think it would be interesting to read before the movie. So maybe maybe somehow I can squeeze it in, but. We'll see. Um, are there any characters that have kind of stood out to you so far in the trailers for Rogue One? Like for me, I can't wait to see K2SO because he looks hilarious, and I really like droids. But are there any characters for you that have kind of set themselves apart from everybody else?
1: I will say, based on the the action figures that have been added to my home, K2SO, because <laughs> I have so many sizes of him. I Perfect. I like. I want the idea like it's like Chopper. Like I just like seeing grumpy droids that yeah. are just and he's sassy. super sarcastic, and I love it. And his design is really interesting.
0: Yeah, I think so too. I like how he's just super tall, and he kind of lurks over everybody, but he's also kind of like slouching a little bit, and I think it was on the Star Wars show um, they were talking about how He's different from the other droids of his kind because he is kind of slouching and he doesn't stand up super straight. Um, and I just, I just love his backlash sometimes, like what we've seen so far. He seems really sarcastic, and I hope, I hope he's really like that a lot in the movie because, like you said, that's what I like about Chopper in Rebels is because he's just so sassy and he doesn't really take any crap from anybody. So I, I hope, know. I hope K Two S O is like
1: that too. Same, and I really like Alan Tudyak. Uh, I'm not quite. Sure like I don't know how to pronounce his last name perfectly but I think he's a very humorous talented individual so I can't think of yeah I think he's perfect for K2SO.
0: And what do you think about the latest Han Solo news? So I haven't I haven't talked about this on my podcast yet but they casted Donald Glover for Lando Calrissian and then Amelia Clark. For a female character. And everybody's freaking out about this because she's in Game of Thrones, but I'm the one soul on this entire earth that has never seen Game of Thrones. uh, So I don't really know who she is.
1: You know, I know her from Game of Thrones, and I also saw Me Before You this summer because it had her and the guy who plays Finnick and Hunger Games and like a guy from Downton Abbey. Like it was just, I'm like, I love all these actors. It was a cheese, it was like a cheese tastic movie but I still enjoyed it. So now I've seen her at least play more than just Daenerys Targaryen. And I think she she's talented. She's a powerhouse. The character she plays on Game of Thrones is a very ambitious... You know, she actually goes has a really cool arc where she goes from kind of vulnerable and, and I don't know, and I don't want to say weak. That's not it at all. But she just finds her way. She finds her strength. She has some dragons that help with that. And she just becomes like this this terrifying like kick butt like you don't mess with her like you don't want to make her angry and then it was fun to see her me before you because she was just like this uh, aloof like dorky (laughs) like girl you know so i know she has range and so if if han solo the young console movie is going to be a comedy which i believe it is going to be considering the directors like i think she'd fit right into that
0: how do you feel about the idea of a han solo movie
1: you know, at first I was not like I'm like okay, like I'm obviously going to see it, but I wasn't enthused. But with the casting, especially Donald Glover, like the more I I'm like okay, and I really like the directors. I I loved the Lego movie. I like other things they've done. So, I don't think like I'm not at the like yes, I can't wait level, but I'm like okay, like I'm into this.
0: Yeah. And I, I th- didn't. Yeah. I think I'm on the same level as that because Han Solo, if I had to pick an overall character, Han Solo would be my favorite character in Star Wars. So whenever they announced this, I was excited, but I'm also a huge Harrison Ford fan, and I was like, ooh, I don't know how I'm gonna be able to watch this without seeing Harrison as Han Solo. And I didn't know anything about Alden Ehrenreich until Celebration Europe. And I saw him at the panel talking with the directors and Pablo and everybody, And he just, he was so charming, and he had something about him that was very Han Solo-esque, and I liked his personality a lot, I thought he was adorable, so I think that'll be great. And then when they dropped the Lando Calrissian casting, I was like, alright, I'm 100% in, I don't care, what this movie is about, <laughs> <laughs> these two people are in it, and this is going to be great. So even though I don't really know who Amelia Clark is, I'm still optimistic, and everybody seems really excited that she got cast for it, so I'm like, okay, I guess this is good. Um But I'm I'm really excited for this movie now because of the casting.
1: See, I think, I mean, Donald Glover's Lando Calrissian could not be, like, more on point.
0: I just... I- I wish I could have seen his face when they told him that he got that right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I hope there's like a hidden camera yeah, that I, we'll get to see footage from one day.
0: Yeah, maybe in the bonus features. The bonus features from that movie will be great because the bloopers, I'm sure, will be hysterical. Right? So that's something to look forward to.
1: When That one is what, 2019? Is that right? I think so. Wait, yeah. 2018.
0: 2018.
1: 2018.
0: Because next year is episode 8. Right. Yeah. So that would put that one at 2018. Oh my gosh, it's so exciting.
1: I, it's just we have in-law Star Wars. It's bananas. Yeah. And great in a good way.
0: Yeah, it's super exciting. Okay, so before we wrap up, uh, where can people find you on social media?
1: They can find me on Twitter and Instagram at and amy__geek. and since we mentioned Disney food, uh, that that Instagram is Disney Nosh, and. Yeah, that's it. I was going to say Snapchat, but now that Instagram has Insta stories, I just use those because I'm lazy.
0: Yeah, me too. (laughs) Perfect. Well, thank you so much for joining me on my show. This was super fun.
1: Oh, thank you for having me. It was nice to talk to you. And I certainly hope I get to see you and talk to you at Celebration Orlando.
0: I hope so, too. It's going to be great. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Amy Ratcliffe and I hope you enjoyed this month's episode of the Dorky Diva Show. Thank you so much to all of my Patreon subscribers who pledge $5 or more a month and those people are Kristen, Joanna, Sherry, Aaron, Mandy and freling Thanks to all of you and my other Patreon subscribers. I'm able to cover the cost the cost of hosting fees, editing fees, and all that good stuff. So I really appreciate your support to put on the Dorky Diva show. If you're interested in checking out my Patreon, you can find it at patreon.com/slash the Dorky Diva. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Savannah underscore I also wanted to mention to those of you who have been asking if the Dorky Diva show will be on iTunes. I'm I'm working on that and it'll be up on iTunes very soon so thank you for your patience and hopefully by next month's show it'll be up on iTunes so look forward to that soon and I'll see you guys next month. May the force be with you.